0: In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and dear Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks and praise on this day of the resurrection. I ask you to open our hearts and our faith to know who you are and to acclaim who you are as our Lord, as our Savior, as our God. <clears throat> we'll get there. I'll wake up. I'll wake up. When we pray with the gospels, any gospel story especially the Gospels themselves when we pray with Scripture, it's always important to try to, to, to enter into the story, the characters, it, we're being told a story, essentially, and right? not a fictional story, a real actual story that happened in time and space that has a purpose to it. So there's characters, there's scenery, there's conversations, there's development, there's conversion, all these things. So yeah, in, this, in the Gospel today, these two individuals, right? especially the, the, the leper and the centurion, these two guys, who both of them, by their very nature of their existence, irrelevant of how and why, they're ostracized from the community. They're not part of the, of the faithful community of the followers of God, followers of Moses, the law of Moses, of the Jewish people. The leper, because of his physical ailment, because of a thing that has happened to him. The centurion, because he is a Roman soldier, and he is an invader, essentially an invader and a persecutor of the people. These are the two people who come to Jesus And these are the two individuals and the examples of faith that we're being told today. These are the examples of faith. That the leper comes to Jesus and says, I know you can heal me. I know all you have to do is will it. Not give me the medicine, give me the cream that can fix this. You can just simply will it. And by your will, clean me. And the centurion, I know you have authority. I know from a distance, there is no distance or time or space that can keep you and your power from healing my servant, from healing that which is needed to be healed. An incredible gift. Both of them make incredible acts of faith. And now Jesus turns to his followers, it says in the gospel. And then he turns to his followers and says, you had never, even in Israel have I found such faith. He kind of yells at them. Imagine if that happened today. Imagine if two Muslims were to walk in today, be healed, and then me turn to you and said, these individuals have more faith than all of you who are here worshiping Christ every Sunday morning. You'd be almost offended. Maybe, right, maybe even rightfully so. As I was praying with it, the opportunity is to either be offended or to take it as a challenge. Take it as a means of saying, you know, I do need to grow in my faith. I do need to make a deeper acts of faith so that I can grow a deeper love of God. Because of all things in the world, of all things that I put my trust in, of all things that I'm called to love, Jesus must be my Lord. Jesus must be my God. Christ is, is not trying to offend us. Christ is not trying to put us down. Christ wants to, Christ wants to challenge us. This whole Sunday is a Sunday of challenging. For example, in Isaiah. Isaiah says this it says they shall be turned back and utterly put to shame, who trust in graven images, who say to molten images, You are our gods. We pray with that oftentimes. it's is like a big theme in Christianity, since the beginning of Christianity, that there are things in our lives, <clears throat> there are things in our lives that we make we make into gods. Very seldom do we in our lives actually worship other gods. We're not worshipping Zeus doesn't really happen in the modern day we do have other things like we worship like the an that we put into our houses those are things we put a lot of trust in evil spirits whatever it might be we we as a community we love those 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 things in our lives but in general right, as the christian world develops we put things in our lives that we think are gods the material things in our lives video games yesterday i was talking to the kids as i was trying to preach about like things we frivolously buy things that we don't need to own that we just sometimes purchase That can be almost a high, a drug for us. It could be a a god for us. I was like, what are things that you buy that you don't need to buy? And they're like, Pokemon cards. And I was like, okay, Pokemon's a thing. Is Pokemon still a thing? Yeah. Yeah? Still a thing. So I don't own Pokemon cards. I don't know. But Pokemon, as a kid, can be your god. It can be kind of seem like, well, weird god, but it can still be your god. There's food. There's drink. Think of something as simple and as interesting as beauty. Right? How much time and effort and money do we spend on hair coloring, on facial stuff, on makeup? All these things that are relatively good. Rest, easy, your career, your success, even your own children and family. Can become gods if we allow them to. And they're good things. This is, the, this is the balance of Christian life. This is the challenge of the balance of Christian life. These are good things. Your success, your career, your beauty, Pokemon. Whatever. These are good, they're relatively good things in our lives, but they cannot be our God. And St. Paul preaches about it today in in two senses. We're going to get to them. At the end of the reading today, we heard St. Paul preaching to Timothy, saying, Avoid godless chatter and contradictions, what is falsely called knowledge. For by professing it, some have missed the mark as regards to the faith. If you've ever been to college in the past 20 years, maybe even 1,000 years, there's just this intellectual arrogance that oozes out of a decent portion of professors, right? especially, especially in the modern day, against the faith. You're sending your kids off to college, maybe you're in college, and you're sitting here listening to these professors who think that they have the whole world figured out, or a college kid who thinks he has the whole world figured out, or a person who has studied, who has knowledge, which is a good thing, Knowledge is a good. All of you who are in school, study. All of you who are not in school should continuously desire to seek more knowledge, to read, to study. These are good things, but they're not God in itself. And what studying should lead us to, for whatever reason, the modern day has not led us to this. Right? Studying should lead us to understand there are so much in this world I don't know. I was talking to a physician friend of mine, And he was saying the majority of his medical student friends are, like, atheists. And they'll even kind of judge him. Like, how did you go through med school and are still a faithful Catholic? He's like, how did you go through med school? See how perfect the body is. See how incredible it is. You're just just studying it. You didn't create it. You're just studying how perfect the organs work, how perfect the nervous system is. You didn't create it. How do you not believe in God? How do you watch childbirth? and not believe in God. He goes back at them, because the modern liberal world is like, well, you should not believe in God because of these things. Knowledge can become a God, a good thing. And St. Paul continues, in one of the most famous phrases in all of scripture, scripture, he says, the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money. Not money. The love of money. And this is when life really, really, really becomes a challenge. Because it has to be a balance. Because money is complicated. And money in the church is complicated. Money in the world is complicated. If I'm sitting up here preaching the importance of having big families, guess what? That takes a certain amount of finances. If you're driving into the same time as parking lot and hit 15 par- potholes on the way to your parking spot, guess what? It takes money to fill those. The church needs money. You need money. The poor need money. All these things are ne- necessary parts of existence that are part of what we live for. But the problem is if we allow that to become our God, your bank account status or number or all these things, which could be goods, good things, but they're not God, only Jesus is our God. You can own nice things, but nice things should not own you. You can have a lot of money. I don't care. God doesn't care. St. Paul doesn't care. Have millions of dollars. Fine. Work for millions of dollars. Enjoy your success. Enjoy the nice and finer things of life. Please do that. But they're not your God. Only Jesus is your God. And we're called to only love God, only love our neighbor, only love people, not love God, not love money. So how do we do this? How do we get better at this? This is kind of practical here. In the wisdom of the church, as we've had the past few weeks, we've had the whole season of Epiphany, and then we had Bautha, and now we have the last week until we enter into Lent, the last week until we enter into seven weeks in the year of the church, that every year comes back around, every year refocuses us, Back on the love of God. How will you enter into Lent? Mind you, it does not start tomorrow. It starts a week from tomorrow. But we should be preparing ourselves this week. Not by eating every single punchki we can find. Not by drinking everything we want to drink. Not by binging on our television. But really prayerfully reflecting, stopping, pausing. Where, Where am I putting into my life? When I reflect in my life, honestly, what is my God? Where do we approach like the man with leprosy? Where do we approach like the centurion saying, listen, there are things in my life that I need healing from. There are things in my life that keep me away from God. I need healing from them. And I come to God because you are my God. I come to Jesus and I say I need to release these from my life by fasting from chips, by fasting from television, by fasting from social media, by taking cold showers whatever it is, and then by entering into prayer, by praying more, by humbling ourselves more, by not letting our, our gods be money, not letting our gods be your successes, not letting our gods be your intellectual advancements, but letting your God be the one and only Jesus Christ. Amen.